Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. I'm Mike. We got Max. We got Shane. We're all here. Exciting times. Uh, Maxie, you're, you know, you went to a Super Bowl, which mm-hmm. is exciting. Yep. I went to a Raps game. I got a story about that. That should be fun. I went to a light show, which was amazing. Uh, like the artist lights, who's phenomenal. Not like lights in the sky. Not a show like that. Uh, it was great. Uh, Shaney, we've been in an edit bay together. We, we did a 15-hour shift at one point. It's true. Wow. I also did something on my own. Ooh. Oh, yes, of course. What did you do, Shane? Let's start with you. Let's start with Shane. Starting today. with mm-hmm. me. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's a first. Big time. Um, went on a wellness <laughs> journey. Wellness journey. Wellness, wellness journey. A journey. Where did the journey take you? Um, to a bathhouse. <laughs> like a- <laughs> Um, like, um, do you guys ever feel good though? Like, you know, like alert or awake? Cause I find I never mm. do. Like, have you ever right. had a moment where you feel like, Oh, I had an eight hour sleep and I've woken up and I actually feel good. I get there sometimes, probably more often than you too. Cause you guys are young parents. So, uh, but I, th- I no, get there. I've never been like that parent or not. Oh, okay. I've never felt alert. Like maybe after I work out for like two minutes, I'll get that endorphin rush or, uh-huh. So I think I know where you're going with the story. Where I think you the did a cold, a cold plunge. Yes, it works. Okay, did you do it at this place, other ship? Yes. Uh, on have you ever been there? No. Well, what happened? I did. I tell you this. I ran to Sean Mendez like a few months ago. It's on the street, and we we're just chatting about music and touring and stuff. And he was so sweet. I was like, ah, you know, I just got off tour. I'm a little stressed, but everything's going okay. He's like, you got to go to, you got to do the cold plunge, man. I'm like, what? He's like, oh, change your life. 
It Other does. Ship. I go all the time. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I, I walk in and I'm at my locker and there's men and women in mm. what appeared to be a change room. And I'm just thinking, well, I got to get my bathing suit on. Am I just going to get naked in front of men and women? Have you told Alex this yet? She's going to be pissed. She She's was so with jealous. me. She took me there. Oh, so I'm wow, waiting okay. to see what Alex is going to do. And I'm looking around. And I'm like, okay. And I just go to take my pants off and get naked in front of men and women, which I've never done. But I was, I <laughs> they're thought, like, sir, this is the lobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm like, okay, they have men and women bathrooms now where you can both go in the same. So I thought maybe it was like that. But Alex stopped me as I've gotten like down to my butt. And she's like, no, you have to go in that room with the curtain. So there is a mm. room where you're alone in a curtain, kind of like how it is at like change room. But yeah, that was the only thing that could have been really embarrassing. And it's like then, me in the hospital with the gown. Remember when yes. I put the gown on the wrong way? <laughs> on front oh, yeah. ways? So you put it so they show your dick first? Yeah, I, just, yeah, I just didn't know how it worked. Your wiener yeah. was just flopping around. Uh, the uh, What's this place called again? Open Other Ship. Other Ship. Other Ship. Oh, you know, I'm not totally convinced. I think maybe, you know, they should, maybe I could be convinced though, if there were some sort of, you know, comped trip uh, for the pod mm, to try out this yes. sort of service. They want to sponsor the pod. Yeah. This is turning into a sponsorship of the pod. It sounds like. What, mm -hmm. What's the price point on something like this? Like, I is it cost you like a massage, like a hundred bucks to get cold? It might be, it's either 99 or $45. 99. Yeah. I believe it's $99 for one try. Okay. It might be 45. Mm. I don't want to speak out of turn. I don't know. Look right. up other How ships. How deep is the pool that you're plunging in? It's it can go up to your shoulders if you're six foot. Mm. You, when you sit down in it, and then after you go in the cold, you go in the hot sauna, and then there's all these like very health and wellness attractive people sitting there. You know how normally in a sauna you it's almost like a library where you're like and you feel like you have to be quiet. It's like a mm. nightclub in there. The vibe is just very <laughs> odd and cool and funny. And then a woman will come in and throw a. Um, it's like an ice, it's ice, but it smells like fragrance and she puts it on mm. the hot coals and then she pulls out a towel and does a dance with it. And the dance, <laughs> the dance wafts air in each individual person's face. And she has pretty good aim where she can actually hit you. It's like one of those air cannons and it's very, I don't know, sensual and it's, it's it's fun time there. It, was, <laughs> it would be funny if this story just kept escalating until all of a sudden it's like it's like Stanley Kubert's eyed wide shut and you're at some weird ceremony with Alex all these elite saying. people and cloaks and she, it just keeps going and going. <laughs> she felt a little bit like that. Was yeah. there sexual tension between you and Alex and the other customers? The wafter? <laughs> Probably with Alex and other customers. <laughs> I, I was <laughs> <laughs> what day was this that you were there? I went on a Saturday. Okay. And, you know, it's you, we drove to Toronto. It took an hour and 30 minutes to get there. And the drive back was a nightmare. It took about two hours and 20 minutes to get back. And we had a babysitter looking after our children. So we had under promised how long it would take. So the babysitter is mm. like, I have to eat dinner and kind of messaging us like, what the hell? So I would normally be stressed out, but I was so happy from the ice bath buzz. Mm. It fought through all my anxiety and stress about being late for the babysitter. And it went till about bedtime. So now, uh. since this is the only thing that's actually helped my dopamine deficiency, I'm addicted to that feeling. Um, are you? Have you booked another appointment yet? Well, now they want to, with Alex, obviously, create some sort of partnership. 
So I'm trying uh-huh. to make it like we're, you know, I'm part of this family tree also. Hold on a second. Are you shoehorning a this family tree ad into this podcast right now? Is this what's happening? Accidentally or just because I've gotten the floor to tell a story, which, you know, usually it's just us listening to you, Max. So I didn't plan this. But yeah, that's like, exciting. Though. I'm happy for you. That 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 that'll be a new uh, tool in your toolkit. You know, you're kind you, of like you, Alex is my Alex, but Max, you're kind of like our Alex in the sense that you're the big star that we can kind of be in your orbit and get benefits mm. from you reaching mm. out and getting us things. So maybe you can tag them in something. You're pretty savvy at social media. Oh, that's actually a good idea. Yeah, maybe I'll do that. Maybe maybe when this episode comes out, I'll tag them saying huge other ship promo. Uh, but Mike and I are skeptical. We need to try for ourselves. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we need to confirm. And honestly, it's, I, like it's true. I've tried everything, everything you can do. And this is the only thing that ever made me feel good. You know, somebody recently just told me like in the last two days that they went to other ship for that, this very thing and says they feel good as new. And but they, did you go back and forth a bunch of times or just the one time? Three or four times. Yeah. It, it, would I like it though? It sounds terrible. I hate the idea of going to a cold thing. Just like, get me a, uh, no way. It's like the terribleness makes is what makes you feel good. And it's, it burns. It's so cold. It burns. Well, yeah. Interesting. My skepticism is rising, but you are so converted that, and you're very convincing right now that it, it is very intriguing all of a sudden. I'm sure our listeners are going to find it very intriguing. Yeah. Well. Longest yeah. I could stand was 45 seconds. First time was 30 seconds. They, they say two minutes is kind of the goal. Mm. But I've always been curious. The NBA guys have been doing cold tubs for years, right? Like they get in after a game, they get into the cold tubs. And I remember reading a story years ago that Mark Cuban had like invested in these to avoid them getting wet. They got these like, I don't know what you even call them, not cryogenic chambers, but like they would stand in it up to their neck and it would just freeze their bodies instead of them having to go into the water. And it was like, do you remember all this? Yeah, it's like the, uh, they still have those things. It's that. It's from like Terminator when he freezes and he breaks in a million pieces. It's that stuff. Yeah. You can stay in there for yeah. like two minutes and survive. Yeah. But it, clearly there's therapeutic sort of benefits to freezing your body in short bursts because clearly athletes have been doing it for years. Do you think it had more tubs. to do with the hot people though? Is that why you're just happy? Because you got out of Hamilton, you're in downtown Toronto, you're surrounded by hot people. It's a kind of, that's the burst of energy and excitement that's actually helping you. Hot people kind of make me uncomfortable though. So I don't really uh, like just, that all the time. Mm, okay. <laughs> Was it busy? Packed. Yeah, like I'm going to go to this place and be like, uh, what's the etiquette of wearing a t-shirt into the cold tub with all these <laughs> fucking dancing ripped people around? It's like, Danica, maybe we should just go. Um, yeah, sounds like a uh, interesting time though. That's good. Mikey, uh, tell me about uh, Lights Concert. Oh, well, okay. So first of all, Lights. We love Lights. Lights is the best. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a great concert. Saw Manager Ash, obviously. A mm-hmm. uh, bunch of the Champagne Boys came out to see uh, Lights because she's fantastic. Um, but I want to give a big shout out to... Uh, so so we watched the show. We're, we're hanging out. And a Lights concert is actually kind of like in some ways an Arkell's concert where... Uh, like there are pod listeners at the at mm. the concert, so like I was getting recognized. Shane, you would have loved it. You mm. would have came down. Like, uh, so I was, you know, some random people were like recognizing me. Like uh, Leandra from the Beaches was there, which was cool, and mm. it was just it was a bit of a fun scene in Hamilton on a Saturday night. But uh, the, sort of the concert's over. I'm standing talking to like John Dawson's there. I'm talking with Ash, and uh, this guy comes up and he sort of like says he he hands like he extends his hand to shake my hand i'm like okay like so i shake his hand and then i feel something and in his hand is like a, a like a folded up cash 
And mm-hmm. so he he hands me cash. Were you dressed like a valet? I, <laughs> it's a Saturday Park night, baby. Bad. I don't get up very much. Yeah, exactly. I was in my suit jacket. Um, no, but but it was it was it was it was this 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 really nice guy, I believe from Buffalo, named Frank. And I think he was with his sister, and he was just like, "Keep doing the pod." I listened to the pod. This is for doing the pod. Uh, he said she, he did say she share this with Shane. He did not mention you, Max. So we don't what? have to do a three way split Obviously, with Frank's Max. Money. Doesn't yeah. need it. <laughs> money is useless but it just, to Max. It was just this like appreciative sort of gesture, but it was also kind of weird to take. The, so I was like, I can't take your money. I'm not what? taking your money. Thank you for listening. I should have been not- there. <laughs> Fuck. How much? How much? Well, this is why Ash is the best because I'm like I, I can't I can't take your money. Good conscience. Thank you for listening. I appreciate, it, but I'm not gonna take the money. Um, and uh, it was it was thirty. American. It was American money, so it was thirty that's bucks. That's like a hundred Canadian. Bucks Canadian. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> that's the conversion. Yeah. But then Ash is like, she could see that I was like, I didn't. I felt uncomfortable taking the money, but he was such a nice guy and so insistent and just appreciative, I guess, of what the three of us are doing here. Whatever. So she's like, how about I? How about I get you like a toque, like a, some merch, like a lights toque or whatever. And then I. And then he was like, okay. And then I felt comfortable because at least there was like an exchange or something I could like justify it. But also I was very appreciative. I just didn't know what to do. But then we were chatting and he was really nice. And then. Oh, Oh, so you bought him a piece of lights merch with I the guess $30? He bought his, I guess he bought his own, but then the money went to me and Shane, and now lights is maybe out. We got to sort that with her. Maybe I should have given her the $30. <laughs> so bucks. you get the $30, yeah. and lights had to comp a T-shirt. Well, once it was in my pocket, I stopped thinking about it. You know, it's like, it's like you, I'm only going to have concern about it at the point of entry. Once the deal is done, I'm, yeah. I move on. Um, so you're going to yeah, e-transfer me that, I assume? I'll hook you up with I'll hook you up with fifty American in Mexico. Okay, because I'll give them to you in one, so we can do the tipping at the resort. Nice. Okay, you know? I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is a whole other story that we can talk about in another podcast. We're all yeah. going to Mexico. Us, yeah, exciting. Three, we're all going to Mexico. We're all going to Mexico, so, but let's save yeah. that for okay. we're saving, the next. Save it. It's a good tease. Uh, so that was great. Lights is the best, as you all know. I think she's actually still out on tour. I don't know. Ash yeah. would obviously know if she's rapping, but she's out. Go see her. She's the best. Anyway, uh, and then I also went to a raps game with a bunch of uh, a, a bunch of our friends. I'm in like a basketball another basketball chat group. I mean, I'm in a few basketball chat groups, you know, people like me to have in their basketball chat groups, I guess, but I've been in this one a very long time because with a bunch of guys I used to, or I work with currently, one of them has left the company, but at Bell, John Popolis, Chris Wong, who are obviously friends with. Oh, you're in a different uh, basketball chat yeah. with them too? Yeah, brother. Interesting then, uh, story is that I was formerly hmm. in this chat group and <laughs> I got into, um, I was in for like a month and then I, it was when KD went, switched over to the Warriors and Mike and I got into a back and forth <laughs> argument in the chat group on whether it was virtuous or not to do that or whether he should have or not. And then they started another chat group and didn't include me in it. <laughs> I don't even remember it. Yeah, well, I would remember any, more. Yeah. Of course. I hope we I hope you don't feel I don't even I don't remember that. All I know is that this one is called uh, Ball Let's Talk sort of, you know, mm. play on Bell Let's Talk because we're all Bell employees. Our buddy Josh Lee's also in it. Anyway. The four of us were like, let's go to a game. We go to a game. Which game? Raps, uh, there was the Utah game when we first got Yak Purtle. Mm, I was pretty yeah. upset because your best friend Nick Nurse didn't play Yak in the last two minutes there because he was in foul trouble. And we ended up <laughs> losing on a couple and ones at the rim where Precious isn't quite the guy to be guarding them going to the room. Anyway, uh, and I, you know, I, I'll, I'll let you know about it. But um, after the game, we decided to pop over to Real Sports where our friend Randy obviously does mm. his show Raptors tonight. Uh, Mark Myers is there. He's working on it. And I just spent a whole day in an edit bay with him working on the sketch. Anyway, it was just like, it was a fun moment. We see our friend Teresa Resch there who is, yeah. you know, yeah, she's like way up there in, in the organization with the Raptors. She's a big wig. But, you know, seats at Real Sports can be hard to get. So me and the guys after the game, we kind of walk in and Teresa walks right up, which was great. She's like, hey, she's like, there's not a lot of seats, but I got a booth over here. 
you guys come sit with us. She's like, I'm with my friend, Monica. She's the assistant GM of the Phoenix Mercury. We're like, great, yeah, cool. cool. So go over, sit down, start chopping it up. Uh, Teresa introduces us. And so I'm chopping? just chopping. I'm like, oh, Monica, chopping? Chopping, chopping it up. Is that oh, what people chopping. do when they're- Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chopping. yeah. Um, and so I'm like, oh, Monica, like, how does one become an assistant GM? You know, and she's like, oh, like I used, I used to hoop. I've hooped all over the world. She's talking about the different places she's hooped. My buddy Josh, she was like, I've hooped in Korea. My buddy Josh is Korean. So she was like, they were talking about what it was like there. And it was just a really interesting conversation. She's got a, a young kid. So then we were like parenting out, you know, just about how hard it is to have a career and all of this stuff. Anyway, we're in like a kind of a group and my brother showed up. So I went over and I was chatting with my brother. And then another friend of ours showed up who works in the sports world, um, they will remain nameless. And of course, they get introduced to Monica. You know, they're like, oh, this is Monica. She's the assistant GM of the Phoenix Mercury. Now, the Phoenix Mercury and the Phoenix Suns are both owned by the same ownership group, right? Mm -hmm. And they had just traded for Kevin Durant. So uh, our friend mm. says, oh my goodness, congrats to the organization on Kevin Durant or whatever. And Monica's gracious, you know, she's like, oh, thanks, whatever she goes. When she goes, I didn't realize this, but somebody said, what are you doing? Do you not know who that is? And they're like, yeah, it's like the assistant GM of the Phoenix Mercury. And she goes, yeah, it's also Kevin Durant's former fiance. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it's like, I didn't even know when I'm like a heavy hoops oh, head, yeah. whatever. She was like the nicest person in the world. But it was just so funny that it was like in the course of congratulating somebody. And then we all, you know, it was just like, we were all like, oh, that it was that Monica. Because if you're a deep sort of hoops head, you remembered. Mm. I heard there's uh, Ash. Maybe can chime in here that there's a story this from this weekend that you were going to tell involving Sean Dawson or something. It's it's just Sean's funny, but it was kind of related to the fan giving you money. Oh, he okay. called you like Hamilton's Mark Barron and like so many funny zingers that are just hilarious oh. to read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it was just like him being funny. Like, yeah, he's the best. Who? Sean said that about Mike. <laughs> yeah, he was like uh, Hamilton's Mark Barron. Well, I guess it makes sense. Not like the band was ever paid. Like he was just on fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. I did not know Sean was standing to the side watching the interaction with Frank. And you know, shooting off. Sean is very funny. I was, we've talked oh, about Sean is so before. funny. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If Only in Theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
Alright, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply. If rated PG. But while I was hanging out at this Raptors game, Shane was taking the plunge. Literally, uh, you were off in Phoenix. Speaking mm-hmm. of Arizona, uh, at the Super Bowl. Yeah, it was, it was a fun weekend. So the, the Nut and our friend Brent, they go to the Super Bowl every year. And last year, I was included in their festivities. It's usually just like the two of them. And there's a lot of parties and you know things outside of the game that would be appealing to me. Um, but what made the Phoenix trip interesting is that it's also the Waste Management Open do you know about this golf tournament? Have you heard of this thing? No. That's so funny because it is the apparently, and I didn't know this either, is the biggest golf event in the world. So like over the weekend, it always happens at in Scottsdale. Uh, and it's a very like boozy, non-traditional golf tournament because, you know, golf is like typically like pretty uptight and quiet. At the Waste Management Open, which is an official PGA Tour, people are drinking. Like there's, um, do you remember a clip on like SportsCenter a couple years ago when there's a couple hole-in-ones hit and people were throwing their beer cans onto the fairway? Like just drunken. No, I never saw that. Oh yeah, it's from a couple years ago, but that's the Waste Management. Um, But anyway, Phoenix uh, was alive and well. It was was pretty happening because it's like not only is the Super Bowl in town, this golf tournament is happening. Um, each and also it's kind of fun because there's a bunch of like Toronto pals that work in different industries that were down there for the golf and for the Super Bowl. Um, I'm trying to think what what happened. Well, I guess we we went to a different party each night. So the first night, G Easy played at the W Hotel. Do you guys know G Easy? Rapper formerly <laughs> engaged to uh, Halsey. Halsley, yeah. Yeah, Halsey. <laughs> yeah, or two. <laughs> the pop culture gets aficionado. <laughs> uh, I, it was a good time. It was outside. It was like this small little like stage by the pool of the W Hotel. Uh, I was a little little underwhelmed. I, he, he, most of the set was just him grabbing people's iPhones and filming himself while he was rapping and mm. then handing the phone back. I was like, oh, this is kind of like a TikTok strategy or something. Just because it's like you just hope that the person puts that thing on TikTok and then it goes viral, I guess. I feel like so, you do that move. I do that once a show. Okay. Right? I do that once a show. He, <laughs> he did, did it too every, much. He, he did it too much. <laughs> he did it every song. So literally, every if he did like a 45-minute set, there's 11 songs. He was like, every time I looked at the stage, he was doing that. Um, so that was the Thursday night. The Friday night was a doubleheader. It was the Killers played. Uh, at the FanDuel party, which was like outside. It's kind of like by this river. And they played all the hits. I got to give it to the Killers. They do not mess around. You know, there's lots of different versions of like this corporate set. But uh, Brandon Flyers came to play. He was just like, he could have been like, it, it wasn't like the biggest crowd uh, by any stretch. And like in terms of like environments for gigs that they played, you know, they're, they're doing like Wembley Stadium and they're playing like in Mexico City for 80,000 people. This is a much more like a kind of humble corporate show, but he really gave it. Um, and from there we went to see Hold Drake. On, so I got a question. I got yeah. a question. Mm-hmm. I do want to hear about great Drake. Uh, hop in at any point here, guys. Yeah, I'm just going to tell about the weekend. With the killers these days, is it like, like if you, is it just like, are you really going to see Brandon and Ronnie? 
Like, mm-hmm. like is the rest of the band just kind of like hired guns sort of deal? It's like, oh, there's Brandon and there's Ronnie, the drummer. I know those two guys and I love the songs. Mm-hmm. The yeah. Val Kilmer dude, I know him. I, is he back though? He oh, might have been no, out. So, and then, know him so, might so, be right. an exaggeration. <laughs> like that guy's been out for like a decade. No, no, no. From what I understand, him. and this can be verified by internet reports, <laughs> the is, that the, dude. is that the two other guys, uh, bassists and guitarists, they show up kind of when they want to. <laughs> <laughs> what a deal. What a good deal. I'd heard that too. So, like, so, so like, you know, sometimes like dude will be there and he'll be like rocking on stage next to like Lindsey Buckingham at their show at like the Forum in LA because that's a sick gig. But if it's like <laughs> stuff they don't want to go to, they just aren't there. What do they like, do without those instruments? Aren't those important instruments well they the band just goes from like a nine piece to a seven piece or something oh, okay you know what i mean so they it's have like, hired it's, guns that like play their parts already yeah who are there and ready to go and then if the guy sort of like if the bassist shows up the guy who is typically playing the bass then kind of moves over to play some extra keyboards or mm. just isn't on stage during that <laughs> they time. give him a triangle yeah uh, the i think um and so that, that's scene. that's fascinating to me uh and then also i was just wondering max for you you know we hear mm-hmm. on this part of the time you're this you're always traveling you're always doing cool shit you're always going all over mm-hmm. when the, when it's a super bowl thing like this mm-hmm. this was very much like you kind of just grabbed a duffel bag and went out to like party with buds yeah well, Did you go in like expecting nothing? Did you expect a lot? Like, were you working contacts or were you kind of like, I'm on somebody else's ride right now and this is kind of no, fun? No, no, no. Great question. Because no, this is, Birchall was there to work, right? Because he's he's running TikTok. TikTok had a bunch of events around the Super Bowl. But the nature of it is that there's a bunch of brand people and just people that are there to have a good time that we know. So there's always, we just know there's some in with with a party and whether yep. we're someone else's plus one or we're the connection. Like, so for instance, like we know the FanDuel people, they very graciously had us on the list and we were like in the VIP zone and it was awesome. That's, that was sort of like our in. We had other friends though that got us into the Drake party and the Drake party was in an airport hangar uh, in Scottsdale. And there's probably only like 1500 people there. He came on at like one in the morning the whole place is mostly just like bottle service, like tables kind of thing. Like, so it's not like a pit. Everybody's just sort of like in their own zone. Yeah. Um, that was very interesting. He didn't, he played all the hits too, which was cool. Like he was like, you know, he did, he had just done a show at the Apollo. And so, and that was like a greatest hit set. So he started like right from the beginning and he did like wow. probably 45 minutes, which is pretty just cool. Just got down he, to business. Just no got down. And we're, you know, and like literally like you know, the, between the tables and there's, there's a little like kind of walkway between the tables and the stage. So most people just kind of crammed up to the front. So yeah, you're like, you know, eight feet away from Drake and Drake's like working the stage and being pretty charming and saying nice things about the crowd and saying, showing about how grateful he is and all that stuff. Um, so that was Friday. Saturday was actually kind of the funnest night, which I was not expecting because we went to the Sports Illustrated party and it was featuring Machine Gun Kelly, who I don't know anything about. Uh, and uh, the Chainsmokers, who I don't care for, much for. Former guys podcasts. Mm-hmm. We had the Chainsmokers on the podcast? <laughs> yeah. I didn't know we did a, we, yeah, It was at uh, one of the Jingle Balls, Shane. The two guys came in, and we did like uh, 10 or 15, 10 minutes with them. Oh, wow. Do you remember this? Vaguely. It was one of those ones where it's like yes. Kelly Clarkson we, comes through, yeah, and wow. so-and-so comes through, and the Chainsmokers were two, two of the guys that came through. Oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So we, so we get there and again, the, the people that we're with our friends, they got a great table and this is kind of a much, this is probably the biggest venue of anywhere we've been so far. It's like this big like tent basically. And there's just like rows and rows of like couches, which again, like just is all kind of like bottle service culture this is like kind of like what's happening for Super Bowl weekend. 
And we go, we're in the second row. We're in like the second row of the entire thing. We're in like the plus plus section. It's like very extravagant. There's something we've like never experienced before. And it was funny because there was one, like the, the couch behind us, there's just like one guy just sort of sitting there by himself, this like handsome blonde guy. And I don't know that many, what NFL players look like, but Brent knows every NFL player. And the whole weekend, he's like, holy <laughs> shit, there's a guy from Miami Dolphins. Holy shit, that guy's from the Pats. Holy shit. He's like just freaking out because he's a big uh, uh, football fan. The guy behind us is uh, McCaffrey on the 49ers, who's like the best wide receiver like in the league. And McCaffrey was just like the guy holding down the booth before his like supermodel girlfriend showed up. And she showed up maybe like 10 minutes later. But it's funny because the rest of the team eventually showed up and it, it he, he must've just got there early and felt like the loser. You know, when you you get there before everybody and you're just like sitting at like the big table by yourself. Yes. So it was just funny that he didn't have a, have, have a, <laughs> yes, he didn't have a handler uh, or anything. Um, but anyway, so machine gun Kelly, Kelly goes on stage and do you guys know anything about machine gun Kelly? Yeah, I know he and Megan did some elaborate fake breakup thing for publicity that weekend. <laughs> Okay, this is interesting. I know he has a movie out that it's like the worst rated movie on Rotten Tomatoes that made me look up the trailer for the movie with Pete Davidson in it and all his like celeb buddies he basically got out. Have you guys seen the trailer for this film? No. no I is it the it. one yeah. he made and it's about his album or something? I think he's like on a quest to get high or find something. Oh, yes, I, I, yes, I've seen it's that. It's one yeah. of those types of deals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the thing about Machine Gun Kelly is that like he's massively famous and sort of like a celebrity provocateur. Like, you know, he and Megan are always doing kind of crazy shit. Um, but a lot of, I think, people in our friend group would find him very annoying and obnoxious. And like the music is like a little like juvenile, maybe. Uh, and he used to be a rapper, but then he kind of got onto this like emo early not early 2000s like emo punk phase mm-hmm. and travis barker was playing the record but anyway so he comes out he starts doing the thing uh i i do an instagram post of him like climbing up the scaffolding and i had it up for a couple hours but then all the responses in the dms were like he's a cheater he cheated on megan he's a cheater i'm like do i have to th- take this down now like i kind of got like bullied into feeling bad like i don't give a fuck about machine gun kelly i just thought it was kind of interesting him climb, uh climbing up a scaffold you should have just responded to everybody he's my friend and i'm sticking by him <laughs> <laughs> team, i reserve judgment team machine. you don't, you team don't know kelly. the whole story yeah you don't know the whole story. <laughs> well no one knows so the then, story it was just she did a vague post that people assumed meant he cheated and then she deleted her instagram oh there you fuck okay well anyway i took that down and then um <laughs> I was like, I was like, honestly, I can't be bothered. I was like, I don't really give a shit. <laughs> like, I don't care enough about this post to, uh, to leave it up, have people annoyed with me. So, um, the, then the chain smokers go on and at that point. It's like one in the morning. Everybody's like, <laughs> like very feeling it. And, um, I gotta say the DJ gig that is like, you know, they have a few songs that everybody knows, you know, you know, the chain smoker songs, right? Like they, like, we don't even know them are. when we meet them in person and talk to them for <laughs> 10 minutes. We I do not know their songs. <laughs> no, put the on my shoulder, going bolder, you know, my head's bobbing. Okay. Yeah. That sounds good. <laughs> they have one, one in a car, something in a car. I swear to God. Like, anyway, yeah, anyway, point is. They do. They, don't get me wrong. They are, I guess, producers and songwriters in their own right. All the credit to them on that stuff. But literally, I'd say 85% of the set is just them on stage with models playing stuff like Backstreet Boys, Don't Want It That Way, Journey, Don't Stop Believing, like Queen. Like just like mm-hmm. they're just like DJs hanging out. Yeah, and they're I'm like just Flavor Flav hype men. But every time I see... uh djs run this racket it just blows me away it's just the yeah. fact that like they could it's kind of like being a cover band but even lazier like you know like yeah. because a cover band actually re- requires you to 
like learn songs and there's like, you know, eight moving pieces on stage and you're playing the stuff in real time and there's real musicianship and that like, and there's real rehearsal and stuff with the chain smokers and the, and the ruse that they have going, it's just two dudes, two frat boys just on stage, just with models playing, like literally it could be from a Spotify playlist. And people are like, love the chain smokers. Oh my God. See the chain smokers last night? Amazing set, the chain smokers. It's like as if, as if you could, it's just funny that I, I made this rant before, but like that you could compare what the killers did the night before. It's like, oh, I saw the killers and then I saw the chain smokers. Uh, both really good times. So they're just like completely like different art forms altogether. And uh, maybe more anyway. goes into it though, because you do what the killers do, so you're kind of jealous in that way. No, but nothing goes into playing "Don't Stop Believing" on your Spotify playlist. Here's my question about: Do you think that they like basically what they were going to play is set? They have their hour and twenty set, or do you think they're reading the room and trying to ride vibes? I don't man? know. Yeah, that, riding vibes might be harder than it looks. They were wasted. That's I don't what, think they I was going to say that too. <laughs> Partying every night is probably work at some point. <laughs> it's true. It's like, I got to drink true. another bottle of 1942 and Dom <laughs> Um Yeah, it was. And by the way, the thing, and by the way, there is a real art to some kinds of DJing, you know, when people actually know to scratch and mix and stuff like that. Like, I think that's very interesting, but there didn't really appear to be much of that. I, I just think that like anytime I talk to, and by the way, if you're a DJ out there listening to this pod and you, and you have a retort for me, we'll have you on so we can talk about it. But I feel like most of the time I talk to DJs, they're just like, Oh yeah, yeah. It's a racket. Like if you kind of go up to them and go like, Hey, this is all like kind of bullshit, right? They go, Oh yeah. (laughs) Really? Every DJ I talk to does the opposite. They act like those knobs do a lot and everything is (laughs) it's in the vibe writing. There's a lot of, like Mike said, like, you know, an artistry to it. (laughs) Real time curation. They're, 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 they're lexicon of music in their brain. They know the perfect song song to drop right now. This is the way it's explained for years. So that's really the only one I'm referring Uh, to. (laughs) You know him, but (laughs) I know him, but I think he actually mixes stuff. Like he's actually, I don't know. And I think like the, the art form of like house and dance is maybe a little bit interesting, a little more interesting. Yeah. You're saying when you're playing the radio station, you're playing top 40 songs from the last 40 years that are like the most beloved songs you want to hear between one and two in the morning. And that is your gig. Yeah. That's amazing. By the way, to the chain smokers credit, the fact that they have this gig is that they have written and produced two or three songs, hit songs. So all the power to them there. And because anyone can do it, if you can be on top of this, it's yeah. it's got to be a lot of work. The marketing side, promotion, partying every night, but still looking good enough to be on a you know poster. <laughs> totally. Because a lot, know, of, they, a lot of the other DJs, shape. they wear masks and stuff because they're probably so <laughs> bloated from partying. They don't even want to show their faces. Also, it's just that thing that you realize as you get older is it's like it like, oh, like McDonald's is really tasty. But if you have McDonald's every night, it's hell. It becomes yeah. its own form of hell. Exactly. So to Shane's point, like it, it looks fun when you're in, you know, Phoenix for the Super Bowl on a Saturday. But if that has to be there like three yeah. nights a week or they're in Vegas for four, it's just like it just becomes its own weird Groundhog Day, I think. I watched and, a documentary yeah. on a professional party promoter and he, that guy was he was going through hell partying every night. <laughs> <laughs> and he, 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 It was like one of those like Dan Blazerian type lifestyles, but it was so yeah. hard on him after a while. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's kind of how I felt like on Sunday. Cause I got to Sunday. I was like, okay, no more partying. What happened was, um, Birchall and Brent had tickets to the game and I didn't have a ticket to the game. And in the back of my mind, I was thinking I'll probably fall into a ticket. That's, that's probably what will happen. Um, and 
but but you know Sunday morning comes around. Birchall has to be on site early uh, to to run TikTok festivity. Shout out to him. Apparently, it was like the the most watched TikTok stream of all time or something. It was. But some what does Birchall do there? Like when you say he runs TikTok, what does he do? He well, he's managing the, okay. the event. I don't know. It's he, kind of like a DJing esque job, though. What Birchall's <laughs> yeah. doing, I would think. <laughs> and then Brent Brent goes early too. And so I was like, you know what? I woke up feeling actually pretty good and I went for a run. I had like something healthy to eat, had a coffee. Mm. It was a really nice day. I was just like kind of like, and then the game starts. I kind of, I think I'm in the shower. I'm not even really paying attention to the, like, I missed the national anthem. I'm missing a bit of the first quarter. Did you drink a beer in the shower? No, 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 no. I, didn't. no I wasn't planning on drinking. Because that's a call I was, back to a lyric. Uh, there you go. I was flying. I was out just to, curious too. Uh, <laughs> I was flying back on the red eye. So I was, I had to be at the airport for like 1030 that night. Um, so again, yeah, I was going to take it easy. Take and it easy. You were going to take it easy standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. I was going to, yeah, looking for a fine. No, what is it? No clue. Such a fine you're talking about right My now. Lord. Yeah. It's a it's girl a, in a flatbed uh, Ford. Uh, slowing oh, down. Is this, down uh, take a look at take me. Take it easy. Yeah. yeah. I know that. Because he was in Arizona. On <laughs> yeah. I've actually been to Winslow, Arizona. There, There is a, a statue of yeah, a guy with a guitar. Yeah. Who's the statue of? Just a random standing on because if Don it was Henley? Glenn Fry or Don Glenn Henley, Fry. well, I feel like it would be a contentious issue which one it ended up being. Jimmy you know? Jackson Brown, he he co-wrote that first part of the verse. Yeah, yeah. he like started it apparently, and then yeah. Glenn was like, "Do you mind if I take that?" Yeah, I like that story. Jackson's been regretting it ever since, mm-hmm. but he he did his own version of it, which I which I think I like more to be honest. And it's one of the highest selling songs of all time. Jackson's doing just fine. Jackson's doing just so fine. you're in the shower. Anyway, Max. So, so I'm in the shower. I get a text. I'm like, "Hey, we actually have an extra ticket." Somebody else didn't show up. Do you want to come? So I'm like, okay, I'll come. You know, do it for the gram, you know, to get a picture of, of the Super Bowl. Um, so I hop in an Uber, 20-minute drive, no traffic, um, go right into the stadium, and uh, end up meeting up with uh, with Virgil and Brent. We get to watch the game together, uh, and uh, it was awesome. And the, the game ended up being a really good one. Yeah. They were, like, incredibly just, like, on cloud nine because that's, like, the, their big day of the year. Like, Virgil does a very adorable thing where – you know, Virgil didn't come from a ton and, uh, you know, his mom's incredibly proud of him and how far he's, he's come in his life. So he calls his mom every time he's at the Super Bowl. He's like, mom, we made it to the Super Bowl. Oh, just, so yeah. sweet. I wonder um, if the mom's and- ever like, could I get an invite? Like you've been calling me the last 10 years. <laughs> I'd like to go to <laughs> you the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> when does the high tide lift We're all boats? We're living <laughs> our best life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in Hamilton right now. Yeah. Um, I, uh, yeah, I, uh, what was I doing? Oh, I, so I like the Super Bowl. What, uh, uh, you know, you know, it's a spectacle. I haven't even seen the commercials. Ash was sort of mentioning some commercials, but I hadn't even, anyway, I, Winona took a while to go to bed, but I came out literally, Danica was in the bedroom, the TV's on, and I, it literally just had gone to halftime commercial. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm like, this timing worked out perfectly for me to like see Rihanna. So I actually was like, my timing worked perfectly. And then I watched the second half of the game, which like I said, was a great game. I'm fascinated to know what Rihanna played like in the stadium, what the vibe was like with all the up and the down and the high up and all that business. Um, it was okay. Like the songs were great. And there's definitely like moments where you kind of get really excited. Uh, like even off the top when she opened with, uh, bitch better have my money. Like it was like, okay, yeah. cool. You're feeling it. And it's hit after hit. So like, all oh, that's good. And then at the, towards the end with all the lights in the air, uh, that was beautiful. That always works in a big arena. I will say though, um, on TV, it was much, much better because Rihanna's whole thing is that she just doesn't give a fuck. Like yeah. you're not, and like so much of her sort of her charisma happens with her, like just 
playing to the camera and being kind of nonchalant about it. And if you're like in the upper deck at the Super Bowl, you're not really getting any of that. Yeah, um, she's not playing all, for the people the, in the back. No, absolutely not. And so when I got back to uh, Canada and watched it, I was like, oh, this is fucking incredible because like all of the, the, the moving stage stuff was kind of unreal. It was, it was like a try. I was saying to Danica as I was watching it, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. I was like, this feels more like a triumph of production and choreography, you know, more so mm-hmm. than like the a, a performer overpowering you mm-hmm. like a Beyonce or like yeah. a, even like a Bruno or like the Red Hot Chili Peppers come out with you so much. And Rihanna so just kind of like. She mm-hmm. kind of just plays the hits and kind of does her thing. You know what I mean? And which was, which was compelling in its own way. Um, but it was also interesting. She, she did not like uh buddy up with anybody. Like who was the last person to do that? I, get, did I was Beyonce, waiting didn't for even, somebody to come on stage. Yeah. And, yeah. Like, did Beyonce have anybody else? Like I know Bruno had the chili peppers, like maybe Prince didn't never had anyone else come out, but it feels like a modern Super Bowl show. They like always pair mm-hmm. up somebody to hit a couple genres. It feels like. Totally, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well, it was her because she, she alluded to it. There was something where she's like, "Well, I am bringing a special guest," and it was that she was pregnant. Ah, oh, right. So she was right. pregnant. That was her little tease about it, or something. That's what that I was read. the other thing that didn't know. We didn't know that in the crowd either. Mm-hmm. So it's like I think on TV, everyone's like, "Holy shit, she's pregnant!" Because I don't think people knew that. That was like the big reveal. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, which, but, on, but you know, in it, the crowd, you didn't know. It that. made it kind of scarier because I'm not sure if you noticed. She had a bunch of little tension. Al- alien guys with the bellies dancing around her <laughs> on the platforms. And one of the alien guys slipped and almost fell off the platform. Mm. So oh, I'm no. thinking, how mm. do they have Rihanna glued to there? Cause I was looking for some sort of thing, keeping her weighted on that platform, but they, they did it very covertly. And if she slipped huh. and fell off, that would be insane. That would not be good. She, she, she was attached to something though, right? I couldn't uh, see it. That's her, what I mean. When I saw the dress, alien guy she had a leash slip, on. She, she had yeah, a leash? Yeah she, yeah, she had a leash. Okay, they hit it well. Hey, did, did you, uh, related to that, did you see that, um, the Harry Styles performance at the Grammys? Did anyone watch that? I, oh, I saw they, the, they reversed the, uh, yeah, the thing they, went they the wrong way. The stage went the wrong way. Yeah, that's what a nightmare. That'd be, that'd be stressful. But, um, but they somehow did not all bump into each other or whatever. They kind of figured it out. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It might've been a little awkward, but at least they didn't fall down or run into one another or whatever. That's well, I crazy. Think once you see you know one I mean? person going the other way, you just follow them. But I feel like whatever dance moves they had choreographed yeah, just would just, feel completely different than the way they rehearsed it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do you guys think about what you would have done in that moment? I would have just started to dance free, freestyle. You know? Exactly. That's <laughs> what I would have done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think that's what you got to tell the guys. Just in case this thing starts going the wrong way, freestyle. Just everyone's freestyling. Well, no I choreography. <laughs> I would have gotten so used to rehearsing, say, going like ter- rotating right, that rotating left might have made me feel a little ill. So I might have yeah. just sat down. I would just sat down and let it spin. <laughs> that might have been your freestyle mood, though. Maybe. Be cool. I would have grooved. Yeah, I wonder what happened to the person who just, they have a 50-50 shot of getting, like, you know, <laughs> just who flicked the switch and it went the wrong way. I wonder, does that person still have a job? Were they, like, yeah. terribly yelled at? Did Harry yeah. demand that they're fired? I, I'm dying to know. Fuck that up. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but speaking Ooh. of feeling terribly ill. Good Uh-oh. segue. Um, I just watched a movie last night and then we're gonna have a spoilers alert right now mm. because it's relatively new, but, uh, I, I want to talk about it. triangle of sadness. Uh, mm. have you guys seen this movie? We're both familiar. Yes. <laughs> yes it's been out forever. A lot of people okay. have seen it. I watched it last night and, uh, I'm sort of blown away by it. Uh, I thought it was so fucked up and funny, <laughs> like really, really funny. And then, um, so 
And the reason why I say feeling ill is because there's it's kind of put into three parts. And part two, they're on a ship and it's uh, everyone's throwing up because the ship is uh, in the middle of a storm. Um, but <laughs> the the thing is, there's a beautiful woman who stars in this movie. And the entire time I'm watching this movie, I'm just following, even though she kind of plays a repugnant character, she's like an influencer. Yeah. Unfortunately, I'm falling, she passed away. I'm, yeah. I, I, well, yeah. This is what I'm saying. I'm falling in love with her mm-hmm. in the whole movie. And the whole time I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, I can't wait to Google her, <laughs> look at yeah. more photos of her. And then the first thing we see when we're when the movie's done is that she she had this like freak accident, um, like medical accident, uh, and she passed away. I was like, Yeah, that's this movie crazy. even just got fucking weirder. It was it was just like it was two and a half hours of like a hilarious dark comedy. And with a lot of social commentary, a lot of like poo and throwing up humor, there's a whole twist at the end that you're not expecting. And then the biggest twist is that she's dead. It's just so terribly sad too. Did you know that before you watched the movie though? I did. I had heard. Yeah. So I was aware. Wow. Okay. So, so, so that probably colored the whole thing for you. Cause for me, I had no idea. Uh, It didn't change the experience. It was just like one of those like posthumous, you watch it and like, I I feel like when I when I saw Dark Knight, had Heath Ledger passed? Anyway, it just felt like one of those things where you're mm. kind of watching someone's last performance. Didn't take me out of the movie, but then afterward, I did read about her, and I got very, you know, you do you do realize it's sad that it's like this person, you know, them. This was their break. This movie was like this sort of like festival circuit darling. And it was like she was getting to go out and do all the fun stuff and become, you know, a a known person in that world. And it was like, yeah, she like died during like kind of press. I think it was right before it was in one big festival. And the director was just talking about how, you know, how sad he was for her and all that. Yeah. And and the other thing which is interesting is that, um, you know, she's like in a bikini a lot of the movie and she has a scar down the middle of her stomach. And I was, I just kind of noticed it. I was like, oh, it's kind of interesting because she's a professional model. You wouldn't see that sort of, it was mm-hmm. unusual. And then I think part of the medical emergency had something to do with a, a surgery she'd had 10 years ago on her spleen. Yes. So I was like, oh, that's weird that it's like foreshadowing the thing that probably had something to do with Because the, the spleen de- detoxifies you. So she didn't have that part that fights off illness. Mm. So if you ha- your spleen is very important to, if you do get ill, it fights shit off for you. And she yeah. didn't have that protection. But, um, how funny was Woody Harrelson's character, by the way? I'm oh su- so that surprised, be- Max, that you like this part because <laughs> the whole like sketch show, you're like, ooh, someone farted there. And just guys, just I know you're weird, but uh, ooh, that, that was a poop joke, guys. Like, just stop. So barf, you're cool with it, though. <laughs> <laughs> and diarrhea, very cool. And shit, there's a lot of shit in that But sequence. you like that if done properly. Well, well, I don't. I didn't like those moments in particular. I just thought Woody Harrelson and the old Russian dude yes. talking to each other. That was very that was funny. So it was great. Fun. So was them trading quotes about capitalism and socialism. Their story, oh, right? That would be your hook. Yeah. Was its own little bit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like them sort of just inviting chaos and sort of you know not getting the ship right. There were so many things in that movie that just worked and were super entertaining and great. And even once they get, I mean, we're in spoiler world, but even once they get to the island of the dynamics of the woman on the boat, who is the help, who is now like, I'm the captain now sort of deal. Mm -hmm. And just anyway. Yeah. And then even, you know, I love the callback to the relationship dynamics from the beginning when when that good looking model guy who was kind of like, oh, I kind of pay for everything. He ends up having sort of a very similar argument with the woman, you know He's what I mean? Charge, he, can't, yeah. he can't drop it. Like he can't help his own nature once they uh-huh. end up in this domestic situation. Yeah, it was great. Um, but I, if we're doing full spoiler alerts, did yeah. she did she murder the 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 young model at the end? 
because they left it a little ambiguous, right? They end on the good looking guy running and they never show the outcome. What do you think happened? I don't think she did, but I, that's just in my nature because I, I, I would like believe in people to do the right thing. Well, it, to me, it was, of course, she did. That, that's why, <laughs> why else is he, he, oh, he's running because he thinks it's going to happen. But she didn't. I think for sure she did. There's there's a trigger that uh, a line said where she's debating whether she wants to. And then the the attractive woman says the trigger, which gets her. Cause oh, you know what? You're right. It's mm-hmm. like, you can be my help when I get back. Yes. Yeah, and maybe that's right. when you're, she's you're like, totally fuck right. it, you're dead. And the, the guy yeah. runs knowing that's no, going to happen. Right. You're there right. could be a world, though, where she didn't actually kill her. You, you know what else I, li- I liked about this is um, it was... I can't imagine reading that script and it really making any sense or, mm-hmm. or like it just feels like it was so much of the mind of the director and so much of like the composition yeah. and the pacing and all the choices just like add to the brilliance of it because it's like reading it. It would be so annoying to read some of those scenes like in the opening scenes when they're just arguing at the restaurant. I'd be like, I, this is I just poke on my eyes right now. Like I'd kill it. But it, on, on the screen, it totally worked. That director is so good at capturing weird moments like that that might not jump off the page. He did another movie called The Square. Should Where, I watch? Is it English or is it in something? <laughs> Elizabeth it, Moss. Yeah, it's it's both. You it, it's, okay. it's kind of unwatchable, but you see how talented <laughs> he is. It's one of those movies I couldn't recommend. People do love it. It is a little challenging, but there's pockets that are just great. I read an interview with the director where he was saying, speaking of like the poop and shit scene, that big middle section where he was like, when I screened it, he's like, so we're, we're, we're in the editing room. We're figuring it out. And it's like, I want this in. I want that. And I want this. And it, you know, it's a long sequence. And he's like, and then when we first screened it for an audience, he was like, maybe it's too long. Like, like he was like, he was like, you get so used to seeing it in the editing room that you become desensitized on some level. And then once he was with real people in a theater, yeah, he was like, I think, yeah, I probably could have lost some of it. That's great. Um, all right, boys, one more question before we, before we say goodbye. Question away. Should John Tory have resigned? Yes or no? (laughs) (laughs) Well, give us the background. Well, the background is that he had an affair uh, with a staffer. Mm-hmm. It's like the MGK of politics. <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Would you consider yourself pals with Tory? Like you must have crossed paths I've with him. Shook like, a few hands. Yeah, you know. Yeah, uh, one time. I, you know, I actually haven't been following the story at all. So the, the controversy comes out. He's with a staffer that's like decades. Who no longer than works him. at City Hall, but was working okay. kind of under him. And and, you, and then he didn't resign though. I just assumed he would. He did resign. He officially he resigned today. This is his last day. We're but, we're recording on February seventeenth. And so Friday. you're asking whether we think that he should have been forced to resign. Well, or it's not. it's interesting only because uh, he cheated on his wife. He shouldn't have done that. Obviously, mm-hmm. if you're the power dynamic with a subordinate, obviously is an issue. I, apparently, it ended ended consensual consensual consensuous. What's the word? Amicably? Amicably? It was consensual (laughs) sex and it ended amicably. Yeah. Yeah. Consensuously. Sorry. Consensuous? It didn't end consensuously. I think the name of this episode needs to be consensuously. I don't know what that word is. Yeah. Anyway, um, she's at a new job and. So, <laughs> it took a long time. Anyway, yeah. and I guess you, you but if you're going to have a relationship with any staffer, especially you have to like I guess declare it and anyway, and he probably has issues with his family now. So that's why he stepped away. But the thing which makes it kind of interesting is a lot of people go, "Ah, he's a pretty good mayor." Like I wish he didn't step down. Like he's actually been like 
kind of steering the ship in a decent direction. That's what someone like Christian Friedland of the Liberal Party might say. You've heard reports that like other politicians are yeah. saying, please don't step down. Um, because he really, obviously, he, he embarrassed his family. Uh, and I'm sure there's great shame there. Uh, but as his, it didn't really seem to affect his job as a mayor. But maybe there's more to the story. And by the time this podcast comes out, there's like more that's been uncovered. But uh, yeah, it's a funny one. Yeah, if it wasn't with a staffer, it would be probably more of a, a discussion. But I wonder mm-hmm. if, like, I always want to take it to LeBron James in basketball and use that. Like, what if LeBron did that? Would we ask mm-hmm. him not to play basketball? Mm. Probably yeah, not. I guess there's like a, a position of like morality that it comes with the job of the mayor that people have to wasn't, hire wasn't our for. previous mayor doing crack and <laughs> like much crazier things and everyone loved him <laughs> wasn't yeah. that happening yeah that was happening he eventually had to go though i think because of that reason i think he was it oh i thought down. it was because he died no 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 <laughs> <laughs> a lot of missing he did pass away uh, but i think that was after he left office okay the one thing that it kind of reminded me of though was like when tom brady retired and then didn't retire like there was there was like a feeling like he did the press conference on the friday night and then by like monday there was like oh he might be sticking around and help with the budget like that there was like regret uh, maybe you could have waited a beat or something before he like he fully yeah. resigned. I wonder something. if he can be like ghost mayor. You know, people have ghost writers. Yeah. <laughs> I think you're only the mayor so you can call yourself the mayor. Like the job itself kind of sucks, right? But everyone kind of <laughs> knows he's the mayor. You know what I mean? No, but you want, you only want to be mayor if you can like go like mayor of Toronto. Good to meet but you. But everyone John would Tory. know. It would be a kind of a cool thing. They're like, we know what you're doing, John. We know you're ghost mayor. <laughs> Why are you still here all the time? Yeah. <laughs> we know you're ghost mayor. Isn't yeah. that like what the the deputy mayor is for? Like, remember like Rahm Emanuel, who was like the right hand guy for like Obama. Like, you know what I'm talking about? No. Like, uh, yeah, yeah. But who is who is our mayor now? Like, what's the deal? There's a deputy mayor, mayor. I don't live in, a, a woman. I don't live I don't, in Toronto. Yeah, but he uh, he's is. kind of mayoring John still, right? John Mayer. John Mayer. (laughs) (laughs) John Mayer should be the mayor of Toronto. Phoenix, Arizona. Take it easy. Standing on a corner in Winslow, Arizona. Kevin Durant. Monica. Fuck yeah. Monica should be the mayor. All right. That's it. That's all. That's our episode. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much, Nathan Nash, putting it all together. Thank you to Mandra Ash for everything that she does. Uh, It was a good hang. Maybe the best. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.